It's time for episode 412 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast with 900 ticks and 900 talks. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, my dungeon buddy, my good friend. It's Dan, the man, Morin. How you doing, Dan? Well, I was okay until you said 900 ticks. Now I just feel itchy all over and I'm really, really terrified. No. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking wow. of it like that. Oh, That's all I can God. think about. It's all I can think about, Micah. I need to, I need to go. I need to take a shower. Yeah, me too. Bye. Uh, well, okay, I'm back, I guess, from the shower. The magic of editing, that's how that works. And uh, that means it is time to say hello to our wonderful guests joining us today. We've got now at this point prolific host of uh, Friends in Your Ears, uh, many a show on the incomparable Roboism and the newly minted conduit here on Relay FM. You guessed it, it is Kathy the Unicorn Campbell. That's me. (laughs) I am here and ready to watch the ticks and the talks. And and to my left this week, a first-time guest on Clockwise, it is developer, educator, journalist, and woodworker, Nathan Lawrence. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Thanks. It's it's genuinely a pleasure to be here. Uh, It's very rare that you get an opportunity to to be a guest on something that you're also a listener of. Well, we're happy to have you. We are indeed. All right, let us kick things off, because we've got 30 minutes and four topics to get to. Mine is this. Yik Yak is back. Yik Yak is a uh, an anonymous sort of bulletin board app where you can talk anonymously with folks within five miles of you. Is there any possible configuration uh, wherein anonymity online is a good thing? Can you think of any way that uh, anonymity online has resulted in, in positivity? And this is not a trick question. There may be situations where it makes sense. Kathy, we'll start with you. I have had a hard time with this question because I keep trying to think I'm a fairly positive person. Um, but people are terrible. Uh, and just thinking of the non anonymous, oh my gosh, I can't say it. It's just anonymous. Uh, it's just anonymous. Let's just yes, call it anonymous. What they said, um, I'm just thinking of things like Nextdoor where people are absolutely terrible and they have their names attached to it and their uh, like yeah. location and things. And I just I, I I'm having a real hard time. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to distinguish different types of anonymity, I think, because there is valuable anonymity on the Internet. Right. If you are, say, a political dissident in a country where your Internet is monitored, it's a great place to have anonymity work for you. Uh, but I, I do think and I know some people online who've been online, say, for a long time since they were younger, for example, and they had a pseudonym um, or a handle or something like that. And then it can't be attached back to them. You know, if they write stuff as a kid and maybe they look back later and like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't said that. Well, it's not attached to their 
name, so you can't really hold them responsible for it. And sometimes that's okay because we write stupid things when we're kids. Um, so I think there is a value to anonymity. I think a lot of times it's on a, a small individual scale. I think the problem is stuff that encourages anonymity as a sort of you know bullet point of a particular service just seems like license to be like, say whatever you want, there's no consequences. Uh, and that, to me, is where it gets a little bit more dangerous because I think it's it's easy to indulge sort of a uh, a dark side of feeling like I can say whatever I want and get away with it as opposed to using it as a more targeted tool when sometimes there are advantages to it. But like everything, it's got its good sides and its bad sides. Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I think that actually covers it, it pretty well. There's a there's sort of a, a, a confluence of things that uh, makes Yik Yak particularly frightening to me. Um, and one of them is, yes, the anonymity, but another is the way that it magnifies uh, our, our worst traits in its business model and its approach to interaction. Everything about it as an experience is designed to encourage the kind of interaction that sort of escalates and turns into problems. And uh, we deal with that um, on some level every day on Twitter. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you add this anonymity element to it and it becomes a lot more complex. So I think it really it's really about the, the context that that anonymity arrives in. You know, there are all these tools that journalists use to sort of get documents anonymously from people in dangerous situations and things like that. Those are really powerful anonymous tools because they can come with verification and they can come with safety but, uh, you know, it, it's a lot more difficult when we're talking about anonymity en masse and uh, how, how does a person create a, a system that governs itself in a way that people uh, behave themselves and don't act like terrible people as people so often are. Um, so I have, to, I have to admit that this was a bit of a, um, a question for the sake of helping to dispel some some narrative. So thank you all for participating in uh, in this because I think that um, when an app like this comes out, it immediately leads to I shouldn't say I think I, I see that it immediately leads to a discussion about anonymity online and how it's a bad thing and it's all bad and everything's bad and it's all bad and. As we have all just uh, pointed out, there are situations where it can be a good thing. Um, and it's kind of like, as, as Nathan was saying, it's the context of that anonymity uh, that, that makes a difference in whether it can be a positive thing or a negative thing. I think for Yik Yak, it's uh, about 97.2434% uh, bad. And then whatever the remaining percentage is good. I'm not doing that math on the fly. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for your answers on that. Let us move to our next topic, which comes from Kathy. All right. So bar like having nothing to do with anything in my own personal life, but uh, what would be the very first smart home device you would tell someone to buy if someone was looking for a good place to start their new home journey? I actually have two, but I'll go with sort of I think what is the easiest entry for most people, and that's smart plugs. Uh, there's a variety of good ones on the market from people like uh, Belkin through um, – I think TP-Link makes some cheap, very affordable ones. I think once you sort of get, you know, start out with the idea of like, oh, I can control devices at certain times or certain cues or via my phone, I feel like that's the kind of gateway for a lot of people to be like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm starting to see all the possibilities of things that I can do with smart home technology. So for me, that feels like one of the things that is the easiest to deploy. It's not super complicated. Most people can set it up with a lot of trouble and it works with pretty much everything that you've got, right? Like everybody's got something you want to plug in and most people have something they might want to control, say on a timer or remotely. So that is a huge sort of demonstrable 
input, uh, like a impact that you can have on somebody's uh, smart home situation. Uh, the other one I've got, I'll just throw out is a. Uh, I really love, I have one of those tiny uh, Eve degree weather sensors uh, in my bedroom because it lets me track the temperature and humidity and stuff like that. Uh, it's very simple. It's easy to set up. I think they've got a new version called the Eve Weather that does most of the same stuff. But I think that's like, again, it's a very tangible benefit for most people. Like, oh, I can see the weather. I can see what temperature it is in my house. I can track the humidity. And for a lot of people, uh, that's a valuable thing, especially more and more, it seems like these days. <laughs> Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I uh, unfortunately I, I find it very difficult to disagree with with the idea of a smart outlet because uh, it's anything. Uh, like okay, on on the packages, they they say they're very clear. Use this for lamps, um, and yeah, you probably should use it for lamps. I haven't always used it for lamps. Uh, I I'll plug it into a fan sometimes. Uh, I I have plugged it into things that you absolutely should not plug a, a smart outlet plug into and you should be very careful and very safe and I won't even tell you what they are because of that. But um, I think the thing that's so powerful is uh, that once you have just the ability to turn on or off current to something, there are so many little tiny things in our lives that are like little little tiny mechanical appliances that don't have giant heating coils or something like that that become dangerous that um, that we can you know flip on and off with automations, you know, if this then that or something opens up so many options for you to do almost anything with just a random item in your house. You can, you know, you can create a setup like the opening from the Wallace and Gromit or something. Uh, all these different things could happen for you. Um, and once you realize that, you see the power and you see the appeal in doing this, these things. Yep. Uh, so actually, back when I worked for iMore, I wrote an article about this very thing, sort of what's the the first step into the smart home. And it was absolutely a smart plug. Uh, Kathy, I think that that's going to be your best bet to start out your journey because you aren't having to replace anything in your home. You can take things that you already have and turn them in, into smart things. Uh, from there, then I would go to the light bulbs as your second step. But the thing is, you have to know kind of uh, what what route you want to go with it. If you want to sort of invest in Philips Hue, uh, which is always a good bet because they've been around for a long time. They're a little on the pricey side, though. Like There are all of these these uh, considerations that go along with it. But ultimately, I think that uh, anytime someone asks me this, I'm always going to say a smart plug is your first step into the smart home because of its versatility and its uh, ability to show you some of the power that you can have there. All right, Kathy, why don't you round us out? Uh, well, I love all of these answers, and clearly I don't have any answers, but uh, I'm going to now say smart plugs, clearly, <laughs> is <laughs> the is. universal <laughs> solution. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, folks, we have reached halftime here on Clockwise, so let's take a little break so I can tell you about electric. Somewhere along the way, you've picked up onboarding and offboarding of new employees. You've picked up managing app licenses, company devices, and networks. Maybe you even picked up checking all of those cybersecurity boxes and fielding never-ending IT support requests like... Where's my password again? Well, on top of the 10,000 other things you do every day, you're out there nodding right now going, oh my God, it's me. You've added the, quote, do the work of an entire IT team to your list. Thankfully, there's a solution for you. And it doesn't require cloning yourself or spending the next six months interviewing IT managers. Try Electric. 
Boogie Oogie Oogie. No, just kidding. Electric is the <laughs> IT management platform made for all of the many hat wearers out there who just need someone to handle it. With Electric, you get the visibility and control of an IT management platform with the practical help of more than 100 IT specialists. That's a whole team here to take on all of those extra IT tasks you've picked up. Who can field IT support tasks directly from your team through your favorite corporate messaging app while giving you full visibility into every project? That's electric. So you can focus on more strategic things like your actual job description. Unbury yourself from those IT tasks. Head over to electric.ai slash clockwise. That's such a good URL and get started. And just for taking a qualified meeting with their team, they're going to give you, listen to this, a pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones. That's right. If you visit electric.ai slash clockwise, you're going to get a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of this show and for saving all of those many hat wearers out there. Thanks so much, Electric. All right, back from halftime, which means Dan has a topic for us. Well, I'm glad that we're all doing topics today that really don't relate to things in our personal life. So let me just ask you, (laughs) as I slowly, uh, maybe unrelatedly move a lot of stuff out of my office, are you a technology collector? Do you keep old pieces of tech or boxes for old pieces of tech uh, around? Or are you somebody who just disposes of things mercilessly and ruthlessly? Nathan? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, there's sort of two elements, right? The box thing at some point, you know, an item becomes so so expensive or so special or the, the buying of it is such a special occasion that you look at the box and you go, it's almost an insult to just toss this box away. How, how could I? And you put it in a closet and then you have to deal with all of these boxes later and figure out what, what's going to happen to them. That happens to me all the time. But the other one that happens to me all the time is I have this problem where um, I'll walk by something at a garage sale or see something on Craigslist and go, when I was a kid... I always wanted that computer, or I always wanted that peripheral, or, uh, oh, wow, in, you know, 2003, that was a $3,000 camera or whatever. Uh, And now, of course, they're kind of worthless to most people, but I always wind up (laughs) taking them home, and I have an entire bedroom that is filled with stuff like that that I'm going to have to figure out what to do with, because you you can't keep it all forever, but... It's kind of a special thing to be able to, to, to relive some, some things that you didn't ever think you'd be able to touch like that. I guess I am also of, of two minds on this. I don't tend to be kind of a disposer, but uh, occasionally my family will uh, sort of have this moment of, oh, here comes Micah with all that stuff he doesn't want and will hand over, you know, oh, you get a pair. Of, it's my Oprah moment. You get a pair of Bluetooth headphones and you get a pair of Bluetooth headphones. And how about we start from the front of the line and go again? Um, so I don't tend to dispose uh, of things so much as um, take things that I haven't really used and give them uh, to people. I've done that with Apple Watches because I tend to have the latest Apple Watch regularly. And so I'll, I'll give my uh, previous Apple Watch to someone close to me. Um, so yeah, I guess recycling by uh, by passing on is the way that I go about uh, taking care of tech. But I don't hold on. I'm not really a collector uh, of tech so much. What about you, Kathy? I'm very similar to Micah in that uh, 
devices that I no longer use get handed down uh, to other people that could utilize them, including random, the most random of things. Uh, boxes, however, up until about a couple years ago, I was a collector and then I realized that this was stupid and I didn't need them anymore. Um, and so I tossed them out and for the past couple years have been a purge all the boxes things um, and, and proudly gotten rid of them. And uh, I think I now need to do the purge the cables thing for no reason in particular but i have two big boxes full of cables that i will never use because if i randomly decide i need a usb whatever uh i will just go out and buy yep. it as opposed to <laughs> trying to sort through the boxes of junk you're I speaking have in my all closet. of our language right now <laughs> um I think the problem is I, I don't hand stuff down because I tend to use a lot of my tech like into the ground. And so it's like, oh, who wants a seven year old laptop? And all the like my cousin's kids are like, um, no. <laughs> so I have, you know, a stack of old iPhones. I have like the iPhone four through or the original iPhone through the iPhone 4S. And it's like, well, those are not usable phones, but I feel bad getting rid of them. They're kind of they're vintage. This Power Mac G3 blue and white tower in my office floor. I'm not like Stephen Hackett level here. Let's be clear. I'm not I'm not creating a museum and carefully curating it i just have random stuff that i forget to get rid of um so i'm going through and getting rid of boxes of stuff where it's like i don't own this thing anymore and there's no reason to keep a box for it unless it's got like an actual device in it um but i think it's a struggle too because so much of this stuff that i end up not using is very random like oh it's an echo show i don't know anybody who wants this um and maybe i'll want it at some point in the future just to like come up with a clever hacky use for it but uh, a lot of that is aspirational, as it turns out, and I don't actually end up doing mm -hmm. anything. It goes into a box, but I feel so bad throwing stuff away. I mean, there's so much waste. So, you know, you do what you can with, like, electronic recycling and stuff like that, but it's, um, yeah, maybe the answer is buy less stuff. Oh, how am I going to do that? <sighs> all right. Thanks for all your thoughts on that topic. Let's go to our final topic from today, which comes from me. So I, I want to take us from talking about the collection of physical technology to the collection of technology in a sort of more abstract way. Uh, do you have a sort of feature or a tool or a little, little tiny thing in your life with a piece of technology uh, that you consider sort of an anachronism, th something that you think most people have moved on from in the way that they use stuff, but you haven't, you still do it constantly and uh, you don't know what you do without it. Um, and what would you do without it if it went away suddenly? Yeah, uh, happen to be using it right at this moment. It's called Skype. It's this um, it's this program made by uh, Microsoft, and it lets you communicate with other people. Um, it is kind of uh, f you know it's 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 languished, and there are newer replacements for it that are good and bad in the ways that they are. Um, and so, I guess if Microsoft ever stopped supporting uh, Skype. Um, we would have to figure out a new thing, maybe Zoom or or one of the other uh, platforms that are out there. Um, along with that, I will also mention, <clears throat> I'm not currently using it, but I love it and I'm sad that it's going away, uh, which is Ecamm's call recorder, which lets us record calls for Skype. Um, I, at some point, did something that uh, makes it so that 
when I try to run it, it just completely crashes Skype over and over and over and over again. And no matter what I've tried to do, I can't get it to work. And so I have had to move on to using other tools to uh, record my my calls. Um, so yeah, I guess there, there are those pain points that pop up whenever you end up using these, uh, as you put it, technology anachronisms. I like that. Uh, Kathy, what about you? Micah, I was going to pick Skype. I'm sorry. I mean, I... I, You can uh, also say Skype. That's fine. Okay, fine. I'll say Skype because I was trying to think of something and I I legitimately couldn't. So, yeah, I will also say Skype. Wow, okay. Um, I had a couple. One, I mentioned this a few weeks back, but uh, my old clock radio died and I replaced it with just a standard radio, which... I like because you turn on the radio and audio comes out. You don't have to fiddle around with your phone. You don't have to do any of like, oh, where is that radio station I want to listen to? Or and it happen, happens in my house, repeatedly yelling at Siri until they play the correct radio station. So I love that idea. I know that in some places, some of the old analog radio station stuff is getting um, discontinued. I mean, the digital radio sticking around for a while. But if radio died, you know, I mean, I guess I would be back to streaming stuff on like my smart speaker and I would survive, but I would just find the experience a lot more frustrating. And it feels like something that's like, oh, we overcomplicated this thing that was actually quite easy. And then the other thing, I'll add, which is not so much a thing I need to change, but things I need to get other people to change is uh, I'll try not to call my parents here, but I just did. Uh, it's very nice. Every once in a while, they'll like write me a check for something. I'll pay for like their phone bill and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I'll, I'll pay you back for the phone bill. And they like write me a check. I'm like, why? Why can you not just send this money to me? I have to take a picture of a piece of paper for my bank <laughs> to confirm that I get this money uh, as opposed to just being like, oh, you know, you can text me this money. You can send it via Venmo or, or Square Cash or PayPal. Any of those things would be great. Um, but it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to convince them to start using a digital payment service. So, oh, well, I guess I'm stuck with it for the time being. Nathan, why don't you wrap us up? So I have two, and they're tiny things. And uh, the one that made me think of this is kind of an embarrassing thing, which is that I can't get my head around the way that uh, modern web browsers can treat tabs so lightly and just you know let them float about, especially on phones. <laughs> Every time I switch away from Safari on my iPhone, I end whatever I'm doing by pushing and holding on the tabs button and choosing close all tabs. I can't help it. I do it every time. And <laughs> I don't know anybody else who does this, but I, it gives me some kind of weird peace of mind. So that's one. And then the other one that unfortunately does seem to be sort of uh, slowly becoming lost to time is I just love the proxy icons in the Finder, the little things that appear in, yeah. in the top bar. And now you've got to sort of hold down a key combination to make them appear, um, which I, I get, but... Uh, I just love those things, and I use them four or five times a day, um, and I have since uh, the first time I tried OS X. So it'll be hard to say goodbye to those one day. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a really good pick. Uh, that that also makes my list for sure. Alrighty, folks, we are just about to the end of this episode, but I do want to take a quick break to tell you about the very cool 
Parallel right here on Relay FM. If you like this show, there's a good chance you're going to like Parallel. It's hosted by journalist and accessibility expert Shelley Brisbane, who has been a regular guest on Clockwise. Well, Parallel is a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles that you can listen to by going to relay.fm slash parallel, or you can search Parallel wherever you get your podcasts. We love Parallel. We love Shelley. And uh, yeah, you should definitely go check out Parallel. All right, folks, my bonus topic for you. If you could replace a character in a TV show with yourself, which TV show and which character would you choose? Kathy? All right, I have some questions <laughs> okay. for this question. Okay, fair. <laughs> Am I going to be myself in the show, whereas... I am just me, or do I get to get the characteristics of the character that ah, I'm replacing? Ah, this is a good question. So we need to pretend that the actors and all of that, it's not that case. It's like jumping into a different reality uh, where these, you know, this, this world that has been created on screen exists, and you are you. You do not take on the characteristics of the person. <sighs> Okay, that makes it much harder. Um, but I feel like I would like to be in Criminal Minds and I would like to be, uh, Garcia's role. Um, oh. I feel like I could really manage the technical side of it. Um, maybe have to work on my elite hacking skills. <laughs> um, so maybe I would a actually, nope, change my mind. I, uh, am Keely and I would be a hundred percent Keely and Ted Lasso. I feel like Kathy overthought this to the point that my like stupid jokey answer isn't going to work anymore, but I'm going to go with it anyways. <laughs> I'm going to say the show that I would go to was obviously The Mandalorian, and I know what you're all thinking. You're all thinking, ah, oh, he'll replace The Mandalorian. He'll be The Dandalorian. Yeah, I know you're thinking that, but no, I'm going to replace Grogu. <laughs> I'm going to be Grogu. That's what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> Floating around in a little bassinet. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stretch the rules a little too. I want to be Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote. Everyone loves oh, nice. Jessica Fletcher. Everyone's an old friend. She gets along with everyone. Yeah, there are a lot of murders around her, but like everybody loves her. And imagine how much simpler life would be if that were the case. <laughs> we all know she's secretly the murderer, though. Don't we? we all agree that? She oh, just it's got to be. I mean, it that's the yeah. only yeah. explanation. Yeah, 100%. So what you're saying, Nathan, is you want to be a murderer ideally well, that, oh, I, i'll is, pass on that <laughs> kathy, will, mm. kathy okay. will catch you in her role on criminal minds and it all works yes out. exactly mm. <laughs> um i would replace rebecca welton on uh ted lasso so that i could hang out with keely because Keeley's my favorite <laughs> so that yes there we go there is that and thank you for your answers on the bonus topic uh which brings us to the true end of this episode and it's time to say goodbye uh, to our incredible guests, Kathy Campbell, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited for us to run a soccer, sorry, football club in Britain. Me too, me too. And Nathan Lawrence, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>